0: Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission.
1: Tell your friends they can get their own copy wherever they get their podcasts.
0: The FIA World Endurance Championship
2: on RS1. On RS1. Part
0: of the Radio Show Limited Network.
2: The FIAWEC season is just around the corner and the teams have convened at Le for the first time that the series have competed here and on the front end of it, before the 1,812 kilometres, we have the prologue, or perhaps we should be calling it as it's 1,812. Surely we should be calling it the overture to the season. I'm delighted to see it that I've uh, plotted up in a bit of shade outside United Autosport, and Richard Dean is here. Uh, first of all, Richard, uh, welcome back to the Championship. Last time you and I talked was about this time last year, and with the demise of LMP2, you weren't really sure about what was going to happen. Bring us up to date of how we've got to where you are now, back in IMSA and back in FIAWEC, although obviously in a different class here in this Championship.
3: Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? What you can, how much ground you can cover in twelve months since we last spoke. You know, we, we knew at that point LMP2 was there was no no room for it anymore in the fall WEC. Obviously, we'd go back to Le Mans with LMP2. Um, but you know, the World Endurance Championship, it's pinnacle of sports cars. We want to we want to compete in a world championship. Um, we didn't have a hypercar deal. We were looking for a hypercar deal or a GT deal, and. Um, you know this opportunity we, we'd been discussing for a, a while with mclaren mclaren had the similar ambition they wanted to come into the world endurance championship um they previously didn't have a gte car but now with the new gt regulations allowing gt3 cars they had ambitions that matched ours and we got together and we started to talk seriously at le mans and things have progressed and that uh, it's, it's not been an easy project to put together because it's um, it's, it's happened late, and it's happened late for a lot of reasons. You know, you don't really know whether you've got a place on the grid. It's been mm. oversubscribed, and some manufacturers didn't get on the grid, but we did, and we're here, and we're with McLaren, and we're a lot of work to do, but we're happy to be here.
2: I'm sure there's a lot of people who would say, oh, "Hang on a minute, he's he, he's building this up a bit," because obviously Zach Brown is your partner in United Autosport. Zach Brown is is McLaren. But these kind of deals, I presume, put me right if I'm wrong, it isn't just you basically giving Zach a ring and saying, hey, Zach I can have a couple of cars to do the WEC. You know,
3: obviously, I can understand why people have put that together, but um, if, you, if you understand how uh, the divisions within McLaren are working, the GT, McLaren GT Racing customer program for, that covers uh, the World Endurance, sorry, that covers GT World Challenge, it covers IMSA, GT. Um, All that runs under uh, a different division. It's not Zak's division. McLaren Racing is Zak's, which covers Formula One and IndyCar, uh, Formula E, etc. And um, you know, in in some respects, us walking in um, and and just getting the 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 McLaren uh, project—you know, being uh, being being awarded this opportunity to 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 run the cars—we've had to work a lot harder than. Than we would have done our most. We definitely, because of ex- everything that you were saying, you know, we just couldn't. Uh, everybody would presume that we've got it because of a relationship, but uh, we had to pitch for it. We presented. There's some very good McLaren existing teams out there who obviously mm. are also presented, um, and, I, and I, I don't think it was a straightforward decision from the McLaren board to give it to us at all. Because, um, like I say, you know, some teams out there that have got. Uh, A lot more experience in running um, in GT recently. We've we've obviously been in GT uh, when we first started, but there's some current McLaren teams who who do an exceptionally good job. Um, But, you know, I think our our experience in the World Endurance Championship, four consecutive years in in WEC, seven, eight LMP uh, uh, appearances at Le Mans, Mm -hmm. I think all of those went in our favour. The structure that we've got, you know, the facility that we've got, the people that we've got, technical director led by Jakob Andreasen, who's come over from Toyota, who's, been, who's got all the experience in everything that we're now going through with the uh, energy and power management that, that, that's, that's unique now to these GT3 cars. So I think all of those combine to help us get us over the line to get this deal.
2: And because you'd already committed to LMP2 in IMSA... Again, you and I had that conversation, didn't we? You wanted to keep the WEC team together and, and that's why you were keen to go to IMSA and keep that, that happy band together. So has there had to be some extra recruitment as well?
3: Yeah, um, and, and what we decided in the end was how we'd do the IMSA programme was properly. We, 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 I spent most of last year going backwards and forwards to the state looking at facilities and how we were going to do it. We've got a, a new facility... In uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, um, so we're, we've recruited out there. We we actually uh, collaborated with an existing uh, team that's been in WeatherTech out there, um, head, headed by Billy Glavin, who uh, has been in the WeatherTech series with some of his crew, and um, so they've sort of headed up our IMSA project because a US-based. Um, you know, we needed full-time people out there, so we've 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 had to recruit a lot because we've now got three major programs with European Le Mans, IMSA, and the World Endurance Championship, and we've pretty much spread all the experience across all the projects.
2: What was the toughest part of that? Then um, you've got a good partnership with the guys up at uh, at Carolina. Um, I suppose just finding extra people. It's not like you can nip down the local job centre and put a. I'm dating myself there <laughs> and put a card in the window. Well, yeah, in, in some where we're
3: based in, in, in Europe, um, sometimes that's got a plus points and it's got negatives. I mean, there's not many people in West Yorkshire that are, you know, uh, experienced at, uh, in sports cars or LMP2 or in motor racing. So it's a lot harder to recruit in some ways. But equally, if you're based at Silverstone where all the talent is... Mm. Um, there's a lot more competition so um you know we've been we're constantly recruiting teams constantly growing Mm -hmm. um you can never have too many good people um you can never have enough of a budget to cover all of that (laughs) as well and that's that's sort of my job and that's what we're 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 pushing forward to try and grow and, and and add
2: talent and how did you decide then who went where because obviously there was a wealth of experience on the LMP2 side that you'd built up with all of those achievements that you mentioned earlier on. But those people were also, those, those were the ones that had the WEC experience. So did you shift all the LMP2 people to IMSA and then have to start afresh here? Or how did you, you mingle it around?
3: No, we didn't just allocate you know, one group of people last year to one project this year everybody's been spread out so we've got all the same people who have been with us for a long time, you know mm. some of them more than a decade and and we've got you, the, if you walk into our garage here now John you'll see usual faces seen, that you've sure seen already, around yeah. and uh, with a, a good uh, scattering of new recruits, McLaren experience GT experience and then when you go to the IMSA project you'll see a lot of familiar faces on, from P2 um, with the collaboration, the joining forces with uh, some of the US guys who've been experienced in mm. weather tech so it's been yeah. a really good combination of the experience that we've had and the experience that we didn't have we've managed to fill those gaps
2: and you, you have to do that because you can't double dip on these people because there's going to be weekends and indeed races where you're racing together notably Le Mans so you get to go to Le Mans with the McLarens taking McLaren back there for the first time in, in many a year and i well remember 1995 and the rain during during the night, nice, that was an incredible event, not that we had cameras to see it, although I would swear that I'd seen it on camera and I was just sitting watching timing screens in, in those days. There'll be excitement about that, Richard. Yeah, you know, Le
3: Mans is the best example of where everything on one day comes together at the same place, but equally we've had already... Uh, we had a two-day test in Dubai with the McLarens. At the same time, we were running a two-day test in Sebring with the LMP2. So we're opposite sides of the world, mm-hmm. running two major programs uh, with, with uh, a fully operational staff. So we knew we had to recruit to be in uh, multiple places on conflicting dates. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and then you know, Le Mans will, will be the first time uh, where we've got uh, four cars in the race in two different categories. So.
2: Are you looking forward to it? There's a big smile on your face when I'm talking to you and I don't know whether that is excitement or pure terror. No, uh, I think I'm excited. I mean, you know,
3: we can find ourselves complaining with this job, you know, we do lots of travel all the rest of it, but then you realise, you know, how fortunate we are to be in this job so it's exciting I'm here it's the first round of the world championship it's a new project uh, you know lots of work still to do and we don't know where we're going to shake out competitively on the track And really? but um, you know we just as excited last week when the Le Mans entries came out and we we, got, we didn't know that we were going to have two LMP2 cars mm-hmm. accepted and uh, obviously the, the two McLarens so um, you know there's something wrong with you if you're not excited about going to Le Mans
2: let's zoom in then and focus on the the task at hand in the the next few days Uh, a a little bit of a false start in terms of the the prologue um your cars are here some other people's aren't um does that help or hinder the i I suppose just the atmosphere and the preparation yes funny
3: world that we're in at the moment isn't it and you know the knock-on effects that you don't think about uh, or, or people won't think about that was going you know something that's happening at far away place has a knock-on effect to us here in um, in Qatar for the first round but I mean, we're fortunate we, we were in Dubai last week testing mm. so everything came across from Dubai so we weren't really caught up in that uh, you know the wet freight of course we had some we've we've, we've some kit and a container that's not here it's got spares in it's got fuel rig it's got our presentation garage presentation but we are probably more fortunate than some because we've got the cars and we've got a lot of work to do and the guys are working on it um
2: i have been told by the team that the biggest issue is your brew station isn't here
3: well yeah as you've seen i've just been borrowing coffee from next door um (laughs) it's not made with Yorkshire water there's all sorts of issues going on here at the moment I'll but. have to have a
2: word with Tom Ferrier for you and his lads they're just I mean you know but beggars can't be Dot yeah. dot dot. these world politics have got a lot to answer <laughs> for hasn't it that's going on but no I think how's the prep gone before th- this because obviously as you said it came together quite late and you've got to put a team together and you've got to get drivers and you've got to get some testing done and you've got to understand where you are with BOP and as you said the performance monitoring that the WEC do now
3: yeah and, and you know you could you could argue as well that a couple of the manufacturers I can think of McLaren and, and Ford who don't have a hypercar project so mm-hmm. therefore this uh, it, it's new to them you know all the hypercar manufacturers who were competing last year have gone through this whole process. And you would assume that when they've got a GT project, you know, Porsche or Ferrari, then the experience can pass on to that. So they're a little bit ahead. The, the time frame that we've all had to do it in has been difficult because genuinely, you know, until, until the entries come out and they're announced, and which was, I think... Was December 3rd or 4th, you don't really know for sure you're on the grid. At that point, a couple of manufacturers, Mercedes, Honda, Audi, didn't get on the grid. And mm-hmm. you know. so the work really and the, the budget commitment and everything triggers from that point. And it's only a couple of months ago. I think I read somewhere this is one of the shortest off seasons from last year's uh, final race in, in, uh, in Bahrain to here it's a very short um, period of time to get ready and we only really knew as a new manufacturer we we're on the grid when when it came out in december but you know some super smart people within mclaren some very smart people here within our team they've worked together really well i'm really proud of what they've achieved um it's been, I, you know can't argue this has not been blue skies and mm-hmm. and, and sailing through it there's been a lot of Late nights and pushing, and you know, but what they've achieved in the the couple of months, I I didn't think would get done. So probably the smile here is I've just had a debrief with the technical guys here and uh, our technical director, and when he tells me that he's he's a lot happier where we are than than we thought we were even a week ago, um, then uh, puts a smile on my face as well. So
2: in terms of the season. Um, LM GT3, as, as we have to call it, for the ACO and the FIA WSA version of GT3. We all know the success of GT3. I've just come back from Bathurst and, and had another great race down there, which um, you need to come down and play with that, obviously. And I can tell you, dear listener, that Richard is nodding sagely uh, with that. In theory, everybody should be on a relatively level playing field. So, in terms of setting yourself goals, there's no reason why you guys shouldn't and can't be running at the front of the field? Well, you, the, the
3: job that the AC and the FIA have, have got in, in producing a BOP, then all the BOP numbers for the first race of a newish category to them... Um, and and getting it right first time is is a a massive challenge i would not want that job so we we've all looked at the the table that's come out we've all seen what we've got and we're all that's our weight and our power curves and all the rest of it and 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 we're all assuming that we're we're all going to be on a a level playing field and it's only really when we get on track and into the race that we're going to find out where where that is it's a it's a huge task with so many diverse cars and, and mm. how they all come in in different weights and aero figures and whatever. It's a very complex um, process to, to put together. So, And
2: it's not just... I, I mean, we've, we've had Cherry Vivier on before talking about it's what comes out at the end. Um, and it's not just about getting everybody to do a 2 minutes 13.246 every lap because each car develops, because of those different characteristics, they develop their their performance in different ways and some cars will have built-in advantages or disadvantages at certain tracks and certainly for me, one of, one of the lovely things about endurance racing is that variety and the other thing that you don't want to do is you don't, want to balance a, you don't want to balance a performance for a team that does particularly well or particularly badly you guys have still got to deliver as United Autosport Racing Partners of McLaren
3: I mean ultimately the, the ACO and the FIA want the same as us they want a great race they want to hand it, hand it over to us in the race mm-hmm. and it to be a fierce and fair challenge and a great spectacle so I, you know we've got total faith in what their intentions are and we've just got to give everybody time to sort of mm-hmm. see, where, see where we are on track to hope that that's where we are we want to we want to be able to compete and we want to be able to compete with Corvette and Porsche and Ferrari and um, and we want it to be down to the drivers and we want it to be down to the team and we want it to, you know, some jeopardy in there and, you know, it's just what it's about, isn't it?
2: Well, otherwise I'll have nothing to talk about and I, and I, I don't want that at all. Um, cast your mind back, what, a decade or so? Um, would you have dreamed that United would be where you are now with going to Le Mans, um, with, with McLaren, um, already with the success you've had, running the IMSA team, I mean, all that stuff that we're talking about, this is a big organisation now Richard, and it's, you've worked hard to, to, to get it here, with a, with a team that has been around for quite a long time, but if you look back a decade or so, 12 years ago, did you think that this was on?
3: No, I'm not that clever to have planned all this. Definitely not. You know, I mean, it would be nice to say that we had a you know business plan and a plan and an ambition of where we wanted to get to. But you know, we go racing. We want to win. We want to compete in the best championships around the world, and that's sort of how that's taken us to this point. And you know, the team keeps growing, and we keep adding great people and great races and it's not just that it's grown and we've got an amazing facility and 60 people but it's the success that we've had I suppose that's the thing that I didn't I couldn't have dreamt about you know so 10 years ago we were at Bathurst and we were yeah. racing an Audi in a GT3 car and that felt hugely ambitious to, to go and do that um, but to now have you know projects three major championships running um, side by side and uh, and to have you know won the World Endurance Championship and European Le Mans and Le Mans you know we're, it's like we're still really ambitious and that's sort of what drives us not a plan not a great business plan and a and a, a this is where we're going to be in 10 years time or even in 2 years time it's like this is what we want to win and that's sort of what how what gets us here
2: you and I have talked about the top class of the WAC before or IMSA Um GTP, Hypercar, um, that's not off the table. You got I know you got close um, a couple of seasons ago um, with, a, with a different manufacturer. Those ambitions haven't gone away.
3: No, and I genuinely, you know, more and more, I think we're, we're ready for it, and that's what really pushes me, because I think the team here, the guys here, the people here, everybody deserves it. I honestly do, and I think when I look at the team's that are now operating for a major manufacturer that we've competed against, yep. um, that have got total respect for. But I know that we're, we're structured in a in a way that would do it justice, and I know that uh, our ambition and uh, our facilities and the people will do it justice. So, you know, I'm, I'm more determined than ever that we're going to take that step.
2: It's good to see you again. Good luck for the season. Race well at uh, this weekend, and I can't wait to see those uh, those two McLarens out on track uh, in the 1,812 kilometres of Qatar next weekend.
3: Yeah, thank you. Good to see you too. And, uh, yeah, fingers crossed everything turns up here. Have a great race.
2: Right, well, I've moved a little further down the pit lane now. I'm sitting out at the back of the Proton Competition number 77, Ford Mustang GT3. And delighted to see that Ben Barker's with me. Um, ben, welcome back for... What is your ninth season of WEC, but a new challenge this year and a new manufacturer? It is. Everything's new. Everything's mm-hmm. new. Yeah, I've been
0: around a, a fair while in WEC and um, had some great times with GR and um, in the RSR, which is a great car. But times have changed and uh, into a new era with the GT3. I'm just super thankful I've got an opportunity, you know, um, to come back to this to this grid. Super competitive, Um you know one to get a drive, and also when you're in it competing against all these other cars and all these like top line drivers it's it's tough so um yeah new new car new year and uh new job
2: how did it come about? How did the opportunity arise
0: um so I've known pascal um from from multimatic for mm. for some time when he was at porsche, so I, he's a familiar face Pascal
2: Zoolinden, for Zulinden, those who don't yeah. know yeah yeah
0: and um so he's a he's a great guy i I don't know how he takes on the workload like he's he's everywhere that guy but
2: he's smiling and laughing all the time and he's a proper enthusiast he's got that infectious giggle hasn't he
0: oh yeah and super knowledgeable Mm -hmm. from a technical point of view and operationally as well so anyway he 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 got in touch and we yeah we just furthered conversation really um about this opportunity and i was looking for something for something new um as, as well so and it's and it's happened, you know, and he's pieced it together and we've, we've come to an agreement and I couldn't be happier.
2: What's it like being involved and how much have you been involved uh, with the development of the car? Because clearly this is a a, a ground-up new project and um, it's a big one as well. The Blue Oval coming back to World Championship and, of course, coming back to Le Mans as well.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. It's, it's made its return, obviously it had success um, with the GT. But uh, I haven't had... A lot to do with the development yeah. of the car. If I'm honest, I've, I've only driven it a handful of times um, at tests. It was the test car. Um, there were things, there was a lot of feedback that I was giving to try and help, um, you know, before the car went through its final homologation. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of it, to be honest, it, it, it had been done. Joey Hand was, was there mm-hmm. developing a lot, of Dirk as well. So, um, you know, testament to those guys. I think they've done a great job you know there's still still more that we need to do um but but that'll happen along the journey you know so um yeah i'm excited for it
2: couldn't have a bigger difference really from what you've been used to rear engine flat six to a front engine v8 but this is a brand new car effectively uh, this and its perennial competitor it would seem the corvette those are the two new kids on the block so what has it been like jumping in to the the ford mustang gt
0: it's definitely a different driving style. You know, the, the 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 Porsche is you need to trail the brake a lot, obviously, because of the weight distribution of where it is. So you can attack the brake zones quite heavily, and you can drag the brake quite deep into the corner, which helps rotation and it helps turn the car. And you you need that style in the Porsche. if You don't have that, you'll just be off the pace. Yep. Whereas this, like, you gotta you gotta back off that. You know, if you if you trail the brake in too much, you actually create more understeer. Huh. Um, there's a lot of weight there on the front, so. Um, what i'm learning and i'm still going to be learning as well is having to just dial back that that brake point slightly and and just try and keep that roll speed up so you can be quite patient and i think that's also a reason why it's such a good well-suited car for a for a bronze for a, for an am mm. um particularly in high speed stuff you know so um i think the, the baseline of the car is mega and like i said the high speed high speed cornering is very balanced as well so it's it's quite a confidence inspiring car it does have a lovely V8 growl sounds, as well sounds mega, absolutely mega
2: Like when you're in the car as well, when you're outside the car like it's it's pure I had a quick blast round uh, only in the passenger seat a Bathurst in the Dark Horse, the road going car which obviously used the same Coyote base engine as, as you've got although a little bit bigger having been sent to M Sport Malcolm Wilson's uh, lot at in Cumbria to, to, to square the engines away. Uh, you, you made a good point there, actually, and, and it's a, a point worth underlining because this is the World Endurance Championship, but the GT category is a pro-am category, and therefore we kind of expect you guys to do what you guys do and, and go out there and, and race at the highest level. It, is this category going to be decided by, by the bronze drivers?
0: Yeah, I mean, historically it always has has been to be honest um it's always been very close between between the the pros uh and the, even the silvers as well so but the level of bronze now is you know there's a debate and an argument there whether we should be calling them bronze and gentlemen drivers and lady, you know, lady drivers now as well so i think um you know it, it's so close they there the, the, the talent that's out there in that category is 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 close so uh, it puts more more emphasis on everybody, really, not just the bronzes now. So um, it's almost like a, it's getting close to a sort of pro lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it works out with with all these cars and all these drivers. Um, I think it's going to be very closer.
2: Tell me about your teammates and how you've started to gel with them.
0: Yeah, they're great guys. Really relaxed, and I like that. You know, I'm I'm I like to think myself as pretty chilled as well. So I think we'll have a we'll have a good working relationship and. Um, yeah, they've they've got good experience. Ryan's really come a long way, um, you know, over recent years, and particularly last year, obviously winning LMS and GT. He's yeah, he's flying. So I think we'll continue that momentum with him. And Zach's just you know, he's a known, he's a known very fast silver.
2: Another. Um Former Porsche racer, of course.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Mega quick, and I don't really know that that well. So we're sort of getting to know each other now, and um, but I've seen him around, and you know he's he's a good guy to have in that in that silver sort of seat for sure.
2: I've uh, I've commented on him quite a bit in he's uh, in his IMSA days, and uh, he's rapid in any situation. Um, what's your your hopes and your thoughts for for twenty twenty four? We, we're sitting. There's not a wheel being turned yet, so everybody's. At the same place, i.e., on zero points. Uh, it's a slightly longer season this year with an additional race. We've got Le Mans in the middle of it. GT3 cars at Le Mans in the big race for the first time. What are you thinking about right now, and, and where where would you like to be at the end of the year? I'm not thinking about that
0: hmm. at all. Good. <laughs> I think for, that's good for, for us, it's one step at a time. Like you can't. What I've learned in motorsport, you can't you can't think and try and see too far in the future because you'll only be disappointed. So I think for us, it's one step at a time, one race at a time, get to the bottom of the car, get the balance nice, um, get the drivability there. If the drivers are happy, the crew's happy, everyone's gelled and I think the results will come.
2: Europe are against some very well-established teams. Uh, Proton know which way is up, but again, like you, they've made a, a change uh, of manufacturers. Um, is it an advantage having one of the two newest cars on the grid or is it are you still playing a little bit of catch up with the guys who've had the cars for a season or a couple of seasons
0: yeah naturally I think you would be playing catch up a bit for, for everybody involved um, but you know these are the best in the business hmm. and ultimately you, you learn quick, it's, it's, a, it's another race car at the end of the day, You know, it's got four wheels it's, it's, it's got similar things so I think people learn fast mechanics learn fast, they're feeling pretty confident comfortable um, so yeah I, I think it's all good from that side
2: and the most important question, have you got yourself on the list for a dark horse back in the UK? Because they're already on the configurator. I spent about uh, ooh, a whole 10 minutes looking at it because it's dead easy choices to make. Do
0: so you know what? I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> I'm
4: disappointed no, no, in no, you. And, I,
0: and I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why and I'll tell you what I've gone for. Um, and, it's, and it's more of a, my lifestyle and my girlfriend's lifestyle. We've gone for a Ford Nugget, uh, which is the Camper.
3: Oh, that they really?
0: do, yeah, yeah. So we're like keen adventurers. We, I, I surf quite a lot. I like to go to beaches. If I had a Dark Horse, which is a mega car, but if I had that, it would be on my driveway, sitting there, not being used at all, really. So, um, yeah, we've, we've, um, yeah, I've, I've gone in for a camper. So, nice. I mean, it's a bit more suited to kind of, a, you know, my lifestyle. So, um, yeah. I, I did check if that's allowed and they were they seemed pretty cool with it, so
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, horses for courses, mate. Exactly. Yeah. If not dark horses for courses, get your nugget exactly, out there and, exactly. and enjoy. Ben, we wish you all the best, mate. We followed your career for a very long time. It seems only yesterday to me that you were winning the Porsche Carrera Cup race at, at Le Mans. Yeah, and yeah. that and how long ago was that? That was fourteen, 14 was it? Fourteen, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was that was a long time. That was a great race. Well, I, I yeah. was calling that. It was a it was yeah. a hell of a race, mate. It's like I said, that seems only yesterday, and yet there we are. It's it's ten years ago. Welcome back to the paddocks of the WEC and go well this year, mate. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Opportunity here to jump in with Michael Christensen. Hello, sir. Happy New Year Happy and welcome New back year. to the WEC. Ready to rock and roll, eh?
5: Yeah, it would be good to get started now. Um, not so far. In the past, we ended the season, but uh, yeah, we still did a lot of work since last uh, race in Bahrain. So hopefully, uh, we're taking a step forward.
2: There seemed to be um, a big upwards, a big bit of upward momentum after Le Mans last year. The guys in IMSA have, have had a couple of race wins. They've just obviously just come off the Daytona 24 win. Does that invigorate the whole group? Uh,
5: I think so, absolutely. The The whole team of course are hungry uh, for winning and and being successful and of course for the whole project it's just uh, a a good um a good thing to 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 get a win like daytona so um we're all happy for whoever won Uh, the team won of course but also the drivers uh it's just it's just good to to get a get some success in there and i think also just for the project itself it's it's good to to get going uh, like this for for this season
2: New base officially now opened uh, at Mannheim as well, giving you the, the European base uh, not so far away from Weisshaken and, and Stuttgart. Um, what differences are we going to notice to the car, if any, uh, over what's happened uh, over the very short off-season?
5: Um, I hope that we find some more performance, of course. That's <laughs> the obvious thing for a driver. Uh, that's, that's what we want. We want to be up there fighting for victories. Uh, We did have one uh, podium last year Mm. and a bit fight a few times, but didn't really have the pace to fight for it outright. Hopefully we can do that this year, Uh, fight for podiums, victories more often and outright. Um, But also just uh, things like reliability. Uh, We did have quite a few issues with reliability over last year, getting better, of course
2: was was that a surprise though, given that the cars are so new
5: i have to say that it was a bit of a surprise that we did have uh, that many uh, troubles i think that we expected to be a little bit better than we were but of course yeah new system new car uh, also a different way of working than we used to that we have outhouse <laughs> uh, like suppliers that mm. we have to it's a different dy- dynamic i think without me being involved directly but just listening to what is happening it's it's not that that's simple uh, to just fix a, an issue. Um, so I think that uh, came as a bit of a surprise. So that is definitely a, a key mm. thing for the season. Of course, also just the fact that we know each other more and better now. That's a good point. And why is that? Because you need a full picture, a full organization to work well together. Why? Because you don't. You want to be strong in terms of strategy, and also just uh, operational on a, on a race weekend. Everyone needs to know their job and have confidence in doing it. So they don't need to ask anyone to do anything. They just yeah. do it. And, and the whole thing yeah. is an orchestra that works way better now just because we are longer together. And uh, I believe that's a big uh, benefit and a very important part of racing.
2: I think that's a really good point you made there. Um, go well for the first race of the season here in Qatar and oh, yes. I'm sure we'll speak to you over the rest of the season, Michael. Thanks for talking to us. Thank you so much. I'm going to jump in with uh, your teammate, Fred McAvecchi here, who's planted himself behind the driving seat. Of oh yeah, I'm already pushing. Already, he's already pushing. Hang on, I'll go around the back because Drew's taking some pictures uh, of the team here. Well, Fred, how are you uh, prepared? How do you think you're uh, well prepared for the 2024 season? I mean, definitely uh, if you
6: have a look at our preparation, 2024 uh, to compare 2023, we made a major step. We will arrive. At least we could test. We had the experience from last year, and uh, looking forward to to see definitely where we are against the competition. Um, I feel more prepared.
2: Is it enough? We'll know it quickly in one week. How's the uh, how's the relationship between you, Michael and and Matty gone? And and you know each other. You've known each other for a long time, but you've now had a full season driving together
6: yeah definitely but I would say uh, first of all we we, we like the the same kind of car which is quite important (coughs) because um, I mean especially with this complex car when you have hybrid you know you can quickly turn the car upside down that's why if (laughs) one driver starts to play with the system and puts the car in a totally different balance you can quickly be lost that's why first of all we don't need to change totally the setting from one driver to the next one which is quite a key factor and the relationship is very good you know it's a I think it
2: will be again stronger if we get a win. <laughs> of course, as soon as that comes, I can't think it'll be very far away. I, I was talking to Michael there about the the momentum that the whole project gets when Air Porsche, a Porsche Penske Motorsport Porsche wins Daytona, and of course one of your teammates was was in that car. Do you all feel a little bit of a a little bit of a, a push from that? I mean, first of all, was very happy for them because uh,
6: uh, last year they made a great season in IMSA. They pushed quite a lot. It was missing uh, a big win in on, on one of these endurance race. Um, and they, they don't make a job. Um, then for sure, it's a big push. But um, the request or the what you need to be strong in WEC and IMSA is quite different. different. Uh, very different. The competition is, uh, is also slightly different. That's why we are not only against an MDH car, uh, we must be aware about that and you can't transpose and say okay if it's winning IMSA it will win in WEC. Mm-hmm. I would say in other way around if we would have last year successful in WEC maybe it could have been harder also for them in IMSA yeah. that's why um, it's very two different type of championship and sometimes it's quite tough for us because definitely people don't understand why we are
2: not successful in WEC but uh, I can only say we give our best I was going to say that's not for the lack of trying Fred I know with you guys race well this week and I'm going to grab Matty as well the last one out of this trio I'm making a uh, making a habit of talking to you after you've been winning things recently uh, here we are in there, ready to go for WEC congratulations on, on Bathurst uh, that was a hard fought victory sir
1: yeah thank you I mean I've got to talk to you now after every race, hopefully. Um, But yeah, Bathurst was uh, obviously a fantastic weekend. Um, You know, the whole event as a whole, um, the team did a fantastic job and there was a lot of preparations uh, in the lead-up to to that particular race uh, from EMA Mentai, so... It went perfectly. Obviously, we had a little hiccup there in the, the middle part of the race with a couple of drive-through penalties, but uh, yeah, that
2: wasn't very mantai at all, was it?
1: No, exactly. But you know, luckily enough, within basically an hour and a half, we were already back to the front anyway after two drive-throughs, which is quite you know, a, a miracle, but in saying that the, the weather sort of came back to us and the team did a fantastic job in the, in the pit stops when you need to, to change to the wet tyres as quick as possible. So it didn't really make too much of a difference, surprisingly, and, and we're able to take back the lead, which from more or less that point on towards the end of the race was a, a really important um, to be able to stay out in front with the track position, with the wet weather, mm. uh, even though we were a bit of a, you know, let's say the, the first one approaching the, the conditions, changing conditions a lot of the time. Um, Having the clear track position to be able to to manage the the slower cars but also have no spray was uh, obviously such an important part of the race. So I think towards the end of the race, this
2: was a huge help. It was a tough year last year for you and your teammates. Um, I'm sure sometimes you felt like the racing gods were against you. Uh, This could not be a more different start to 2024. Two big races, two big wins. Um, It's not like, I I presume you're going to tell me, it's not like you're doing anything different. So you know, how do you rationalise that as a racing driver, or does it weigh on your mind? Um,
1: yeah, it's a good question, I mean obviously, like you touched on last year, there was a few moments there, where <laughs> let's say we were even a good, in a good position mm. in the race, and then it just didn't go to plan, with let's say car issue, or or you know, mistake in the race, so very frustrating uh, but now this year um, you know, had let's say the absolutely dream start, and nothing could have gone any better in, in any way with Daytona or Baffer, so incredibly proud to be a part of two such teams um, but also you know with different driver lineups in in, in both of the races so uh, obviously very grateful for the for the teams involved uh, with Porsche Penske Motorsport and a- a- E but also my driver lineups so uh, you know I'm forever grateful to them as well to, to be in this position to have won both of the first what uh, are two big races of the year.
2: I'm thinking Spa 24, Nürburgring, Le Mans, you know, you might as well just clean them all up now, won't you? I mean, I definitely <laughs> won't say no, um, but in saying that... Are you that, doing them all? Are you doing all of those this year? Are you uh, doing the other GT3 race? Not, not 100%
1: too sure yet. Obviously, quite a long way away, so we'll have to wait and see. I would definitely like to be a part of, it because like you say, I'll, I want to try and get all those wins. Um, definitely left on the bucket list with Spa and, and Nürburgring and, and Le Mans, so... Ones I still want to to add to the trophy cabinet, Um, so we'll have to wait and see how the year progresses. Obviously, still a long way away for some of them races, Um,
2: but yeah, want to be a part of it for sure. Uh, Think about a little bit closer to home and nearer to the timescale we're standing in now. You've got an 1,812-kilometre race to come next weekend, which kicks off a slightly longer World Endurance Championship season. Um, I've asked your teammates the same question. Where do you think you are? personally and as a team of three as a team of six in terms of Porsche Penske Motorsport and the WEC because there's another four Porsches out there this year which is you know they've got the same equipment this year
1: yeah I think you know on a personal level I feel really strong in the car and really happy Uh, and I think as a car crew as well uh, we all have a little bit of experience together so it's making life a little bit easier Um, so for sure as a car crew I think we're all very relaxed and as a team But in saying that, you know, obviously last year wasn't the easiest of years, I think, for Porsche Penske Motorsport and WEC side. But we've improved a lot in the last uh, 12 months. And now this year, uh, I think we're in a much better position compared to where we were last year. So I think we just have to wait and see and assess after round one. But so far, you know, let's say we've done everything uh, in the lead up to the race weekend. We're happy with what we've done. And now we just have to see where we stack up compared to everyone else after the off season. So uh, let's see what we can
2: do. When I talk to other drivers from other manufacturers, other teams, in this very short off-season, they seem to think that the emphasis now and the focus has changed from last year, which was learning about the car and reliability, to actually wringing more performance out of the car pretty much every time it goes out. I presume it's the same for you? Yeah, most definitely. I think you know we've definitely seen a, a progression
1: in the car from about mid-year on, so after Le Mans last year. Uh, and all of us drivers as well, I think, really have uh, found our ways with the car with settings and everything. So obviously cars are quite complex uh, and now we've, let's say, found our way uh, and a lot more consistent. I think this is the biggest thing coming into the new season is the consistency um, and, let's say, getting the most potential out of the car as not only a team perspective, engineering group, but also a driver's point of view. So I think uh, we're in the best position possible going into the first race weekend of the year.
2: I'll let you get on with all the PR work that you've got to do. Matt Campbell, thank you very much for talking to me. See who else I can grab as well whilst uh, all the other bits and pieces are coming on. Kev, yeah, Kevin. It's <laughs> Kev fine. I love Only the fact the that, that Drew. I love the fact that Drew was calling you Kev all the time. Kevin Estra, uh, let's talk about season 2024. 20, yes. You three, <laughs> three in the background, you can probably hear Andrea doing car noises at the moment. This is somewhat surreal for those that can't see what's going on here. Uh, how do you feel about 2024? How's the off-season been? Yeah. How's the workload going? Tell me where you are.
7: Uh, off-season has been quite short, uh, obviously with the last testing we've done in December and then having Daytona uh, apart from WC. So, uh, so uh, yeah, mid-January we had to leave. Uh, in terms of WC, uh, so we had testing, last testing in December last year, and then some new engineers coming up into the team this year for us on, on our car. The two main engineers are new. Uh, and one on the other car so uh, so it's quite it 's quite a big difference uh, in term of oh, they have to to get used to the team and we yeah. have to get used to them and all that and we only really had one session uh, we had a test in Barcelona uh, one month ago or three mm-hmm. weeks ago uh, with the new people group of people start to work together, and that was the only only time really so there was a lot of work for them in the in the off-season to try to learn the process, mm. how Penske works, how Porsche works, how we sort of operate uh, on track and off the track. Uh, and for us as drivers also to get to yeah know them and try to, to, to tell them what we like, what we don't like and, and try to create a, a group.
2: How much of the fine-tuning of the car is what I would call traditional engineering, you know, spring rates, dampers, bump, rebound, and how much is... Is working with the systems and software engineers to optimize all the very clever bits of the car that quite a lot of us don't need to know about, to be quite honest, but you guys need to know how to make them work for you.
7: Well, they're always a bit um, worked on in parallel, uh, but we try, especially for, for now, for this season, because these cars are very complicated uh, and, and to drive with the system but also for the system engineers and all the engineers to build it the right system around the problems we have uh and and i think our approach this year uh has been to to um to separate them maybe a little bit more yeah. so it means to on the race weekend to work more on the springs the right height the wing whatever and leave the system development on the side because it can cause it, it's as I said, very complicated. Sometimes it works well, sometimes not. Sometimes I was going to say,
2: can it actually be confusing and
7: counterproductive if yeah. you're trying to do too much at once? Exactly. Sometimes you can think the system is going to do that, and it's not doing exactly that. <laughs> but it's covered by other stuff, or you don't really feel because you change driver. Because you. So we try to to um, focus ourselves more on the, I would say, on the basics. Or that's what we learned from last year, being a new project with this new car, with all the people around us. That that sometimes you. You can get lost. We didn't have many many races where where we got lost, but some time during a race weekend where we said, "Ah, actually, we didn't do. We were not good there because there was too much things going on, and and uh, which we which we don't fully understand, or when we understand, it's not the correct thing. Uh, the the thing is not doing what it's supposed to do, uh, or doesn't have the outcome. So this is the way we do it now. But there's definitely. It's a. It's not a 50/50. It's more. I would say you still change more parts on the car than systems, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the systems has, has a big influence on, on the on the car. So yeah. you're not quite a, so- a software engineer and writing things down in code and ones and zeros yet. Not yet, but we have to understand quite a lot, actually, yes. uh, and, all, and all these, you know, these short uh, VCU and all these, you know, these, these names with which ECU is doing what and because sometimes it can, you know, you have an alarm and you know, okay, this is going to cause that in yes. the car, yeah. which is obviously and, and luckily not happening often, but we definitely have to understand how the system works to be able to, to set it up correctly as a driver inside the car. Looks
2: like you're having fun already. The season hasn't even started. Thanks for talking to us. Thank you so much. Kevin Estra, I'm going to dip across, um, if I can, behind the video, videographer and speak to Andrea Lotterer. Extremely short off-season. How are you feeling? Are you ready to go for 2024? Do you just want to get started now?
4: Yeah, we all want to get started uh, and it doesn't really stop, you know, so uh, you try to be ready at um, any time. Uh, we came testing here, so we have a, an idea what to expect from, from this track, but uh, also trying to improve the car. Uh, not an easy place here for uh, managing the tyres, so hmm. will be quite interesting, yeah.
2: We haven't raced here before. Um, does that even the playing field out a little bit through all the different manufacturers in the top category?
4: Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm happy that we came here testing because it's quite a difficult track. Uh, so, so let's see. But uh, we were not uh, alone, so other teams came here to test as well.
2: And obviously it's a Formula One circuit. It's been changed a little bit from when Formula One came here. Uh, how would you characterize it? Which other circuit is it similar to? <laughs> it's not as
4: good as you. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
4: I don't know. There's nothing quite like it, to be honest. Uh, not, not a quick corner, like say. So yeah? yeah uh, like, what is it? 14, 15 there, this triple right. But the other corners are not that quick. They're just very long. Uh, quite long corner radius. Um, so not so easy. You spend a lot of time in the corner, uh, and these cars now, they're not like the LMP1 cars, you know. So mm-hmm. I think an LMP1 car here would have been quite uh, quite impressive mm-hmm. uh, with the corner speeds and the extra downfalls and lighter car. But here you have to really uh, work it technically to, to to the right apex. And some corners you think they're finished, but then they don't finish. So you end <laughs> up like uh, still waiting to rotate the car. Not so easy, yeah.
2: So does that mean this is going to be a race, 1,812 uh, kilometers, or we're going to have a time limit on that as well next weekend? Is this going to be a race where you're going to have to look after tires?
4: Definitely. I mean, we always have to look uh, uh, after the tires, uh, especially now, uh, also last year with a limited amount of tires. But here, graining has been a big issue. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that uh, can really um, ruin your, your stint. So, we're going to try to f- find a way not to, to do have some graining. Uh, that yeah, uh, The wear, I don't know so far. But, um, yeah, graining issue. Uh,
2: how's the relationship between you? I've, I've lost your other teammate. Where's Lauren's gone? He's disappeared. Uh, how's the relationship going between you, you three and your car?
4: Ah, very good. Um, you know, I came from a really good relationship with Ben and Marcel, mm-hmm. and that was that was something hard to beat. But now I've a, a really uh, a, a great feeling with Lawrence. You know, I, of course, I grew up in Belgium, so we have some points in common there, and um, <clears throat> we understand a little bit each other. And yeah, Kevin, super cool guy, super nice, and uh, we have amongst us like uh, three. Three languages to, to to speak, you know. Sometimes we're in French, sometimes in German, sometimes in English, and now we stick together. We are um, we enjoy uh, getting deeper into things and um, lifestyles-wise, we are yeah making sure we we spend time together. But it's natural, so it's fun.
2: It's good to see you back again, my friend. Thank you. Uh, drive well for the season. Enjoy. Thank you very much,
4: Andre Lotterer. That now all I've got to do is find.
2: Mr. Vantor, where's he disappeared to? Right, well, I've just popped over to the Porsche Penske Motorsport Garage to catch up with the sixth and final of their 963 drivers, Lawrence Vantor. Uh, before I talk about this weekend, i got to talk about last weekend. Uh, congratulations on the win, but you weren't very well, were you? No, I felt pretty shitty, literally. <laughs> Um, I heard it wasn't just that end, it was both ends going at the same time, not to put too fine a point in it, sorry if you're eating dinner or or tea at the moment, so you weren't very well?
8: No, I don't know what I had, I think on the first day I got some kind of virus and spent the first night vomiting, second night having fever, third night uh, having diarrhea, Um, so I spent most of the time in the room and and I drove and everything went well and, and driving went well, but yeah, it was very... After after every time I drove, I felt sick again. So in the race, I did two stints, and then after my second stint, I was literally doing both at the same time. So then I had to say, "Yeah, give me a break." And then at the end, I was feeling well. But then with the weather, it didn't make sense to change drivers at that point. They Had to stay in. So
2: hell of a, a hell of a result for for you guys, for um, Ema Manti, uh, Chand, more laps than anybody else in the race, and you three. Well, congratulations, you've, you've won another big race. Yeah, no, I'm very happy.
8: Uh, I've been waiting for that race uh, <laughs> a long time. Uh, How many times, second? <laughs> well, I don't even remember. But uh, yeah, like I said, I'm most happy for, for Chan. Somehow, I, I spoke about this with my wife afterwards. I felt obviously disappointed that I had to skip actually that stint because I was on the toilet. But then I'm also kind of, and this is a bit of a strange feeling, I'm getting older, but happy that that gave the opportunity to Chan yes. to prove himself because he's a young guy, he's a very nice guy and he, he asks a lot of questions, he wants to be become a good driver
2: Works really hard doesn't
8: he? Yeah and, and I was happy then for to, for him to succeed and show people what he can do so you know it's not something to do with me but it's kind of you know yeah, yeah. giving and taking in life so uh, yeah, I was happy to see
2: That's that. A good, it's a good way to look at it Let, Let's talk about the World Engineering Championship as we are in your garage which will be the garage for the start of the season here. Uh, Kata, for the first time, new track. You lo- you've you done a little testing here, so tell me a little bit about the characteristics of the track.
8: I never had... Uh, it took me so long to learn a track.
2: It all looks time. the same, doesn't it? Exactly.
8: <laughs> Everything <laughs> looks exactly the same. and Even watching the video, I had to watch it like uh, 20, 30 times, and even then I was like... Uh, even now, I tested here, when I came here, I like, remember it again, because it looks very, very the same. It's, it's not an easy track. I think it's exciting with the flow and everything, and the high-speed corners, um, some aggressive curbing. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, now the third time I'm here in Doha, it's quite a cool uh, venue, uh, new and everything, uh, brand new, state-of-the-art. So, uh, yeah, I'm curious how the race will pan out.
2: Uh, hardly any time off during the winter, particularly as you've been doing no other races. So no, no time at all. Uh, where do you feel you are as a, a three-person squad in your car, as a six-person squad, and two cars in the Porsche Penske Motorsport squad in the in the WEC? Because I, I think everybody knows it wasn't the year that Porsche and Penske were were hoping for last year and new car and everything else but still not the year they were expecting things turn around after Le Mans and the performance was much better it's hard to know because you haven't done anything this year but where do you think you are do you think you've moved forward again
8: I think we definitely made big steps at the end of the year
2: um, what we needed to do
8: there's quite been quite a bit of personal change as well in the team um, which always brings some new blood and some new ideas Uh, so it's you know this still has to gel uh, especially in our car we have new engineers Uh, but the first signs we had testing was it was very positive with some Mm -hmm. like i said new ideas so uh, let's see we keep on improving i think in the end of last year we were quite good Um, i think we were continuously up there but there's also yeah another part which has to help us a bit to To be able to win races, Um, let's see uh, how that goes. And yeah, uh, why not? We need to.
2: (laughs) Congratulations on the win last weekend, and we wish you the best of luck and good driving throughout the season in WEC. And I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Lawrence. Thank you very much. Well, that's just about it for this first program from the prologue for the 2024 FIA World Endurance Championship. Season, uh, more drivers and teams arriving uh, tomorrow and uh, some more cars up and down the pit lane as well. Some of those empty pit boxes that I've walked past on my way back to uh, back and forth to the media centre. Should be filled up tomorrow. Uh, and we'll have some extra content for you as well as we'll be talking about the season as a whole uh, with uh, a couple of experts from the media centre too. But for the moment from me, John Hindorf here at Lausille International Circuit. It's bye for now. This
0: programme
2: is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at radiolamont.com.